Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Donkey Kong who? We're talking Nintendo blind spots. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty, pretty good. Uh-huh. You said pretty twice. Yeah. Uh, made... Just to convey, like, how pretty good it's going. Like, it, like, that it is pretty good. Now, were you at all leaning into and had to steer away from the Larry Davidism of uh, pretty, pretty, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I oh, definitely okay. know what you're talking about from, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess, like, even inadvertently, it just happens. Yeah, I, I think that's one of those things that, like, just uh, wormed its way into the culture, and, like, we all kind of do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, And even though it seems like it's something that should be hack, when someone does it, it gets a response, right? Like, everyone kind of likes it. Look, I mean, we're all just monkeys, right? Sure. And so, uh, we appreciate patterns. Okay, yes, but we we turned on yeah baby, we turned on my wife. <laughs> but they like, had a really good these... <laughs> Yeah, after a really good run. I guess I th- I feel like pretty pretty. I feel like that's been going for a decade. <laughs> I think that'll outlive all the other jokes. That'll outlive like whatever I feel like. God, like it's going to outlive all these other jokes that we're like done with. That was a pretty good Napoleon Dynamite. Thank you. Speaking of Napoleon Dynamite, a movie I've never actually seen before. Oh, okay. One might call this a blind spot, a mm. cultural blind spot of mine. Uh, Mark, you are coming dangerously near our topic for the day. Should we maybe just get into it? Uh, we should. <laughs> Blind spots, we all have them. These are things in the culture, movies, TV shows, whatever, that are big deals that uh, we have not experienced, do not know, uh, either because we have no interest or because uh, the stars have simply not aligned to give us these experiences. Now, longtime listeners of the show will, of course, know that we are Nintendo fans, Mm, not experts. That's... We do not claim to know everything about Nintendo. Right. And I think we both have, or at least I guess speaking only for myself. Please speak only for yourself. <laughs> there are, pro- <laughs> I have, there are uh, significant chunks of the Nintendo canon that I just didn't experience or have not experienced. Uh, whether that was because mm-hmm. I was a child when some of this stuff was released and I didn't have my own money to burn on it or or even really your own interests do you remember being a kid and it's just like we're gonna do whatever is happening (laughs) right like you're not like i don't really like i don't really like this Uh, let's do something else no you're a kid you're gonna play the game that's right there that's why you play teenage mutant ninja turtles on the original nes not because it's a good game i guess you do like the ninja turtles so that's why there's any nostalgia at all for Crash Bandicoot. Sorry, I'm still tied up on that. Mark is still on Crash Bandicoot. I suppose a blind spot for all of us. <laughs> um, but so we made uh, lists of our biggest Nintendo or sometimes Nintendo related uh, blind spots. Um, games or series or franchises, whatever, that we have been unable to get into yeah for whatever reason and part of what brought this up for us was uh that fire emblem warriors is coming out tomorrow tomorrow um and both of us are like "Ooh, man it is really hard to get into those uh musou games not for a lack of trying not for lack of trying we've both i've owned i think two or three musou games and including hyrule warriors yeah including hyrule warriors and, you know, if I pick up um, Fire Emblem Warriors on uh, tomorrow, uh, that'll be my third Fire Emblem game, right? L- but, I, like, I'm still not, I don't know, I'm not excited to, like, go back to it. Fourth Fire Emblem game. Fifth if you count heroes. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like these uh, Mus- Muso games? Muso games? Yeah. So mm, We don't even know how to say it. <laughs> 
But I feel like these games are, um, they're very repetitive mm-hmm. to my mind. And I have played some of them. I've played a Dynasty Warriors game, uh, on like in co-op on the PlayStation Two, and I had fun with what I played. But I had my fill after like. 45 minutes yeah and that's kind of like your fill forever right <laughs> but there, there's obviously some part of this that we're missing right or some some aspect of it that we are blind to right um so that's that's sort of where this conversation came from um we both have lists we have not conferred with each other about these lists they could be identical <laughs> i doubt it um but uh mark why don't, why don't you start us off with um something from from your list that you are blind to sure so i'm going to kind of i guess ease into it ease you know like a hot like a it. warm hot tub mm-hmm. a hot hot tub even mm, yeah or like dorothy and her friends on down the road yes right they're easing on that's right he's down on down <laughs> uh, uh it, like a hot tub you're right <laughs> so i'm starting with the f zero series Yes, uh, also on my list. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what is it about... So t- tell me about what experience you do have with the F-Zero series. So I've played, you know, like a little bit of the Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at your house is the most that I have played of yeah. F-Zero. When I bought a cart for Sarah for her birthday, yeah. Or and- Christmas or something. And, uh, but I know that it was it a is... thoughtful present is what I'm saying. <laughs> we get it. You guys like each other. <laughs> uh, it is a series that like, I have played a little bit of that first game mm-hmm. and I know that it is well regarded and it has become scarce, but you know, like the, the games that are the pinnacle of that series, uh, I have just never, I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. You know, like I've never yeah. played them. My the first time I ever even knew who Captain Falcon was was from Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think that's sort of a, a common thing, and I think that's also part of why the franchise has like a, a sort of lasting staying power. Like there hasn't been. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I actually don't know. Uh, I think the GameCube version was the last. I F-Zero. I believe you're correct. Yes. Um. But obviously, uh, Captain Falcon has been in numerous Smash Brothers games since then. There are uh, F-Zero tracks in uh, Mario Kart 8. Um, but yeah, the, the actual games themselves kind of remain impenetrable to me. Um, they're, I think they look super cool, but they're like too fast for me to have any real understanding of like what I'm doing when I'm playing them. Yeah, I think part of it is for me is that I don't like i've never really enjoyed racing games mm-hmm. i like mario kart because there's like a social and like party aspect to it sure and it's well balanced in the sense that you whether you're good or bad you have a shot yeah you can participate yeah if nothing else yeah but like if you start to screw up in there's no fail state in mario kart right like even when you're in 12th place like you're still racing you're still like getting better I blow up in F Zero all the time, right? Um, yeah, that like, I don't know. the The game can be like punishingly difficult, and actually, that's some of I think what you see a lot of on my um, blind spot list is games that were probably too tough or too punishing for me when I was younger, and like therefore never put like real time into them. Um, I also like, I like the way F Zero looks, but I almost feel like the world is too like bleak, or I don't know. It gives like the distinct impression of like an overly urbanized society, and like especially in the um, NES version, it looks polluted, right? Right. Um, it just doesn't seem like a world I want to spend that much time in. And it seems like the game mostly ignores the world, right? Where it's like, no, it's just racing. Um, so it's almost like too big of a question mark for me to ignore, but also like unpleasant enough that it turns me away from it. I think also some of it was I you know, was a young kid when the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo came out. And so I didn't have the money to buy it on 
at launch. Yeah. So by the time that my family got a Super Nintendo, there were honestly just much better games to get at that point. You know, yeah. like because F Zero was one of the few launch titles, and so and it was a a cool showcase for the technical aspects of the Super Nintendo. Gotta love that Mode Seven, baby. <laughs> but by the you know we got it a. Um, probably just a few years before the 64 was released, so maybe like 93, 94. And by that time, there was much more to choose from. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be poor guides for each other on this one specifically, but like, do you have a sense of what people do like about the series? Like, I, I, I was hoping that if I would say, I have a blind spot here, you'd be like, oh, that's too bad because blah, blah, blah. Um, but this one, we're both like, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I don't know F-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. And if somebody, if a listener is absolutely, more familiar with the absolutely. series, we would love to hear about it. But I guess my understanding is a little bit the sense of speed yeah. is what people really enjoy about it that like separates it from other racers. Yeah. But it's also like it's it feels like it almost splits the difference between like actual car racer and cart racer. You know what I mean? That like but is also fast. That there's like some kind of arcadiness to it that doesn't feel yeah, I mean, so like simmy or I, yeah, I don't it's know. it's definitely not like a Gran Turismo or a um, Forza where right, or like you know, a Project Cars or whatever. Yeah, where it's trying to reproduce precisely mm-hmm. the experience of driving these like f- fancy sports cars. There is like a Nintendo like fantasy sci-fi um, like intangible fun element to it. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, uh, we we can move off of um, uh, F Zero. Um, so I've got a a pretty no. We'll we'll stay we'll stay here um, on the subject of games that were probably too hard for me uh, when I first got to play them and therefore like put them down forever. Uh, punch Out, Punch Out, and the Punch Out series uh, in its entirety. Um, this was originally on my list. Well, and you took it off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you and I have talked about this before when we, uh, did our kind of recap of the, um, NES classic edition and like kind of went through and like played some games that we hadn't really sunk time into. Um, but I don't feel as though I ever had a proper guide, um, through punch out. Um, I have never memorized a, a boxer's pattern. Um, for me, every time I start one of those fights, it's gonna, it's a new, like, figure it out kind of experience um and like in the abstract i like that um and i like those sorts of elements in other games i like figuring out a boss's like attack pattern and uh you know over overcoming that loved just as as a recent example the um digging robot in um metroid samus returns uh the actual fight with him i thought was super fun and super cool to like eventually figure out that attack pattern but like when that's all the game is, is uh, seeing patterns, recognizing them, and reacting to them. Um, I don't know. It's it's too. Uh, I don't know, like numerical or like mechanical. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that like the game is one hundred percent mechanics. Um, and also, like I, I think I think of a boxing game as like a fighting game, and therefore um, as like an action game. And it's not, it's like a, it's like a, a quick response, uh, puzzle game almost. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always had a hard time getting into punch out, um, and super punch out and punch out on, on Wii. I, these are all games that I, it, I have owned at one point or another. Um, and I've never like gotten deeper than two boxers into, into any of them. Did you own them as when you were a kid or like did your friends have them or like what was your exposure to punch out sure so i had a friend who had a copy of punch out um but if he played it he didn't play it around around me um and yeah i guess i did i didn't have them as as a kid um i had a copy of punch out on the nes classic super punch out i bought on the um new 3ds when when it came there and obviously i have it now on the super nes classic and um, Wii Punch-Out! I picked up when it came to the Wii U Virtual Console. Because um, I was like, these games are held in such high regard. And by that point, um, Smash Brothers 4 had come out, and Little Mac was a playable character in there, and I liked Little Mac. Um, and I think like the designs and stuff are cool. 
um but like the actual gameplay has just always been kind of a barrier for me yeah it's a game series that i similarly have very little experience with Mm -hmm. and i wonder how much of that is my disinterest in it because i feel like as you know i don't even remember seeing this game when i was little i don't remember ever being in an arcade where there was like a punch out machine yeah none of my friends own it as far as oh yeah i I don't think i'd I'd, i've ever seen a punch out arcade machine even though that i know that is like a nintendo arcade cabinet and yeah it just makes me wonder if you know like when your kids you have so much time to just sit there and learn patterns and just like uh, beat your head against the wall of the game yeah. endlessly because what else are you going to do? Yeah, you can play Battletoads <laughs> when you're a kid. But uh, coming, b- I think just like you, I didn't really play either of these games until, or the NES and SNES um, iterations of them until, you know, like the NES Classic Edition mm-hmm. and the SNES Classic Edition came out. And we were messing around with both of them a little bit. And, um, you know, I. I don't like fighting. I'm not great at fighting games in general. I don't really like fighting games in general because I don't like having to memorize uh, patterns and like the controls and right all that, that kind like, of stuff. Like and, like, stimulus response that like you see someone inching towards you and you're like, okay, and my options are now these, and you know they're a little bit closer. My options are now different. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's just a series that never clicked for me. That never like really appealed to me. And I do wonder sometimes. If I had had this game when I was a kid, if I would, if I would have like learned to love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's possible. I think I also, for for me, I like feeling that I'm more in control of the character. Um, you know, Little Mac, he can dodge to the left, he can dodge to the right, but like, you push left and he goes all the way left. You push right, he goes all the way right. And for me, that's like. So he can move in three different positions, and that's it. Like Mario can move an infinite number of positions all around the screen, or Link, or Samus, or whoever. Um, just it feels very limiting and very much like you're not actually controlling the character in that regard. Um, which is a, a conclusion I'm only coming to like now in in the moment uh, that do- doesn't feel satisfying to me but i do agree with you that presentationally i think the games are super fun and inviting yeah and the music's great the music's great even the nes version like Mm -hmm. looks really good awesome huge sprites yeah it it, more than f-zero this is one that i almost like wish i liked or like wish i was more into and wanted to explore more because i've heard great things about the wii version yeah you know yeah it would be fun to like revisit these almost like forgotten classics for me yeah but or or not forgotten or not forgotten yeah Yeah, exactly gone and not forgotten (laughs) so uh speaking of that like sense of being feeling a little like left out or on the outside looking in a huge huge blind spot for me in from modern nintendo is the wii u and the wii u's library of games because for as huge of a nintendo fan as i am and have always been a nintendo kid or a nintendo kid at heart i completely passed on the wii u mm-hmm. i uh i was never even and part of that was like where i was in my life at the time yeah that i wasn't playing a lot of video games and the other part of it was you know for the marquee titles that i wanted that i was playing or that my friends were playing that i wanted to play with them that was all happening on the PlayStation or Xbox. Right. Outside of like Smash Brothers or, you know, like Mario Kart when it would come up. And it was just never a, it never felt like a compelling reason to buy the system. Mm-hmm. But there are so many good games. Yeah, there are a ton of good games on the platform. Um, and like, I, I can totally see where like at launch, it didn't really have a like you know what are you gonna play another like new Mario Brothers game you know it's we had had so many of them at that point and like Nintendo Land was like cute but you know there wasn't really a lot to do there um, and it, it did take you know maybe like two years into the the system's lifespan is when like Mario Kart came out and like 3D Land had already like come out by that point 
And I think that's when um, people started to be like, oh, wait, there maybe are games on this thing. And like, maybe it's fun to play um, Wii U. But I think that's a conclusion that we all had to come to later. And, you know, I think you can be forgiven for having checked out of it before then. Um, Are there specific experiences you think you missed out on that you um, like want more of? Well, I mean, we so we've played a few of these games that we think are going to be orphaned on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do more. But I think like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah. The little bit I played of that game is... Oh, let's get back to incredible. that game. Incredible. Yeah. And that's one that I, you know, like I would 100% buy a full price port of that for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like with things like Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I feel I feel like I'm getting able to experience some of those uh, best games from the Wii U, but at the same time, things Wii- like Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, like Super Mario 3D World. Yep. Like I've played some of that with you, and it is super fun. But mm-hmm. I never really got a like deep dive into what that game can offer. Right. I mean, Ditto Mario Maker. Ditto, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Some of the best, uh, like new Super Mario Brother games. Mm-hmm. Those were the Wii U versions, um, and also the HD remakes of both uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are, in my mind, the definitive versions of those games. And you know, their uh, Twilight Princess isn't a perfect game, but like it is pretty good. And to have like a definitive version of it that looks as good as it's ever gonna look is in widescreen, um, is flipped the like GameCube way, doesn't have motion controls, and has uh, you know, your um inventory on like the uh tablet, like that's a lot, right? And not to oh sorry, Pikmin, Bayonetta, like there's a lot on there. Not to mention the virtual console, the Wii like the games mm-hmm. that are available on the Wii U virtual console, including Wii games like yeah. Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2, which I'm not able to play. Yeah. right now and i would love to be able to play super mario galaxy and super mario galaxy 2 and these games that probably that feel unlikely to show up on the switch if it gets a virtual console um at least like immediately like uh metroid fusion mm-hmm. metroid zero mission you know just like that i also cannot play on my 3ds because i have the original 3ds and so you know right. you don't get the uh, Super Nintendo releases like Earthbound and things like that. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, like, it, it's a weird place where I could, in theory, at this point, pick up a Wii U probably for pretty cheap with mm-hmm. a pretty substantial library. I'm not quite there yet, but I do feel like there are experiences that I missed out on by not having a Wii U that I will never be able to really experience. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean that you I obviously there's like a um a workaround for Splatoon but like uh Splatoon the original was uh you know obviously such like an online experience and people like posting stuff from Miiverse on there um and you know we have that with Splatoon too but like Mario Maker did the same thing incorporated Miiverse as did um Super Mario 3D Land and like all of those like little ecosystems um disappear uh when people abandon the the platform and or when nintendo itself turns off Miiverse in a few months yeah um that's a good one mark uh so my i I have got like a a bigger category here um that has three games in it but one one uh, um, umbrella um and it is the game boy advanced uh so i had a gba um I think I have a launch GBA. Maybe even got it the day it came out. It's that like kind of purple clear one. Uh-huh. Um but I feel like there were a lot of games that came to this thing uh that I just um I don't know what kinds of experiences I was looking for on that platform. I mostly played like Zelda and um Metroid. Uh but just to lead off, Advance Wars. Um I have never played an Advance Wars game which feels insane to me because I really like turn-based tactical games. Um, you know, in, in recent years uh, have been into the Fire Emblem series. 
and you know uh, obviously I, ju- I just finished mario plus rabbits um but like advance wars nope i've never played any of them um do you have any experience with that series not a ton but yeah that's it is another kind of like blind spot for me i will say in general the game boy advance is an incredible system mm-hmm. um although usurped definitely by the ds just the library on the DS was insane. Yeah. But for the time, you were able to replay so many Super Nintendo yeah. games, but now you're able to do it on the go. Right. And uh, it was, or even just like more faithful recre- recreations of NES games. Yeah. That that alone like made the system worthwhile for me. Plus, it was a golden age of those like 16-bit RPG games yeah. that we love i mm-hmm. mean the so the gba just like hit us a, a sweet spot for me because the super nintendo up to that point was my like favorite console ever right and so and to just get just like more a, super nintendo right it's one that you can take with you was pretty incredible yeah so i do you mind if we just stay stay with the like other gba games that um i feel like i've got a blind spot for because it it falls under exactly what you're saying right now is that like 16-bit like turn-based rpg um, with the exception of the first like forty-five minutes of the first Golden Sun game, I have not played the Golden Sun games. Um, which especially for that point in my life when I probably my Final Fantasy fandom was at its biggest. Um, like here is a Nintendo published, basically Final Fantasy like that you could take on the go that I just wasn't playing, right? Um, which is is nuts to me. Um. But then just to add on to that, uh, the Mario and Luigi series. Um, I'm a big fan of the original Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Um, And I love the uh, Paper Mario series as well. Um, And, like, here's another franchise of, like, funny Mario RPG that I just didn't play. Because it was on a system that I wasn't like totally plugged into. It's so funny that even though th- that series is not on my list, it is also a blind spot for me. And I own my th- 3DS is yeah. the Year of Luigi 3DS that came with Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Yeah. And I played maybe 15 minutes of that game and was bored out of my mind. And I know that is probably, I think, like the least well-regarded of right. the Mario and Luigi It's also the first series. 15 minutes of most RPGs, right? <laughs> um but yeah uh both those series the golden sun and the uh mario and luigi rpg Mm -hmm. series also blind spots for me um and it seems like especially uh glaring that like we just there was just a re-release of uh mario and luigi the the first one superstar saga um on the 3ds with like another Again, like sort of a tactical game, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah, what is it about that? Because it really uh, should, again, only speaking for myself, like right. it should be something that I like desperately crave. Yeah. Right? Like a uh, turn-based RPG with clever writing starring Mario and Luigi mm-hmm. um, with like sprite graphics, and yet there's just something about... and. It, I love the Paper Mario games uh, developed by the same company. Right. But there's just something about that series from even just the tiny bit I know about it that has just never appealed to me. Yeah. I mean, the world is a little bit different, right? Like um, the Mario and Luigi games have like these other characters in them that are like just slightly outside of like the normal Mario universe. I feel like the the Paper Mario games are very um they're very faithful to like normal sort of Mario mythology, right? Like your playable characters are a Goomba and uh, a Paratroopa and, you know, Bowser or whatever. Um and that those games like you know, are being more inventive um with the worlds that you're exploring, but maybe feel a little less like Mario in that regard. I don't know. I think there's also something to the all those games have like active um battles, right? Where like you have to do a, like a little mini game with each attack. Uh and I 
think the Mario and Luigi games are have like a little bit more like egregious or um, repetitive implementation of that, um, and is maybe like less satisfying. Or I, I I don't know why I don't dislike it more in Super Mario RPG or in Paper Mario, but I I dislike it less in in those cases. Kind of on the same RPG feel. I mm-hmm. feel like a huge, a really big blind spot for me in again the more n- modern Nintendo era are these big, I guess just like modern Nintendo RPGs. Okay, you know, like the ones that are developed. I in my head, I'm thinking specifically of the ones that are developed by like Monolith Soft. Sure. Like, so we're talking like Xenoblade. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, what was the one for the Wii U, like Xenoblade Chronicles X, X or e- Cross or whatever. Yeah, but like the Baton Kate, uh, how do you even say that? Baton Kados games. From I, don't e- I don't even know the what this GameCube is. era. Yeah, there was like um, I don't know. It, and even with this upcoming Xenoblade Chronicles two, yeah, for the Switch, I feel like uh, you know, like we both really like JRPGs. Mm-hmm. I like these big ex- expansive experiences. The world looks cool to a point. Right. But there's the just world something... is cool. The, the, the presentation feels very like anime y yeah, to me. The, I think that's the character design me back. and like the voice acting in this newest game feel especially that way. Yeah. Um but yeah, like Does this feel like a game to you, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I'm talking now, that you'll you're going to pick it up play for 45 minutes and then like just quietly put away yeah it does it really does and that's how all of these games kind of like seem to me yeah even the ones that are really well regarded Mm -hmm. there's again it's it's kind of like the mario and luigi rpg series where there's just like something about it that i can't put my finger on yeah that it just doesn't click for me that doesn't really work yeah i would love to get a I I would love to get the hard sell from someone on the Xenoblade series. Yeah, especially Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one for the Wii, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be a really great game. Right, but it's also like, when did that happen? (laughs) And And like, what about it? Yeah, like, what about it? Because these games have a reputation for like being a 120-hour-long experience, and it's like what (laughs) i put that much time into breath of the wild but like i was in love with that game for like three months you know um what what's it gonna take for another like big open world to uh you know catch my heart in that same way um yeah i i'm i'm right there with you of like i i don't get it um and i'm not sure what i'm what i'm missing there either uh okay should we move on to another one uh so sorry pulling up my list again oh okay super smash brothers melee i was not plugged in to video games, specifically not plugged into uh, Nintendo and the GameCube by the time Melee came out. And I understand this is regarded by the fighting game community and by most people as like the purest form of Smash Brothers. Um, but the first Smash Brothers game that I cared about was Brawl. Um, and the Wii, that's the, the Wii, Wii one. Yeah, that's the, the Wii iteration which includes like some like random tripping uh from the characters. The characters are unbalanced um in a way that you know kind of breaks it on a competitive level. Um and it's missing some fan fan favorite characters. So the N64 version I, you didn't really like put I much time into. I don't think I've played that game. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So and I played a ton of Brawl, the the Wii version. Um, Because I was living in Chicago at the time, had uh, two roommates, one of which uh, was big into Smash. And so, like, we played Smash a lot just, like, in the house. I had someone there who I could play with at any time. Um, And, you know, I really liked uh, Smash 4 on both 3DS and Wii U. It's another Wii U experience you missed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, for me, 
I know people hold melee in like really high regard because you know it's I guess my I can understand that like that's where the series became itself, right? Um, but like, yeah, that's that's my very specific blind spot of that one iteration of the game that everyone thinks is like the true form of the game that I'm like, nah, for me, it starts on Wii. So, you know, I'm not really, I'm very competitive when it comes to video games. Yeah. I'm definitely not like uh, deep into the scene or really like understand the intricacies of Melee. But I think what people, what resonated with people and what uh, people still really enjoy about the game is that it like fully delivered on the promise of the N64 version. Yes. From like a competitive standpoint Mm -hmm. where, you know, like uh, even Sakurai, part of the reason why the Wii introduced it, the Wii version introduced tripping and other like unbalanced elements is he felt like he uh, strayed too far. Too technical. Yeah. Like he made uh, melee too technical. And I think that's why it persists in the fighting um community right fighting because, game it, communities, because it because is, it technical, is like yeah. the most technical and it doesn't have those moments of like tripping or like the uh smash balls or whatever they're oh, called yeah, yeah. you know the that can like smash balls yeah, yeah like the ultimate smash balls and things like that that are more like the blue shell of smash brothers sure you know like it omits all that kind of stuff and you can turn off the ultimate smash balls but you can't turn off tripping sure you know yeah. and uh so that's why I think, especially because if you were, if you're like my age and you were, I don't know, maybe like 12 when the N64 version came out, and then by the time Melee was coming out, you were beginning to go to college. And so you had so much time to revisit this kind of like perfected version yeah. of what you enjoyed as a child. And then, I don't know, and maybe this is part of me projecting, but you just kind of like grew out of it as like the Wii version came in and things like that. You know where it's like that one will always yeah. be the some people's favorite because of when it was released. For sure. And I, I mean I think that's I missed it because of when it was released. You know, it uh came out around the same time as uh Wind Waker, which is a game that I didn't uh get to play until like I came back to it after college. So like um it it's definitely, you know, college was a a different time for video games for me, right? That's when um, first of all, I had just way less time to, to do stuff or to play games. Um, but then like, you know, Xbox was also like coming around then and like people were playing Halo and like, I wasn't super big into it, but like, you know, if I was going to spend, you know, a couple hours on a Friday night playing a game, I was probably playing Halo with my friends because that's what everyone else was doing. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's totally a, a function of like time and where I was in my life that. I just didn't didn't play melee, and I, again, I can respect that uh, people see it as like the balanced, true form of the game. But like, does it have Sonic the Hedgehog? Does it have Solid Snake? The answer to both these questions is no. I mean, I'll never forgive melee personally for nerfing Pikachu as hard as it did. <laughs> Pikachu was amazing in the N sixty four version. Yeah, and then like never again right. was Pikachu that good. It's also the only time that Pichu is in an, uh, one of those games, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Why do I know that? <laughs> what is is Pichu something totally? That's off topic. We can take that off, Mike. Is Pichu a totally different thing? It's like a de-evolved version of a Pikachu, right? Okay, yeah, yes, yes. But why was it so tiny? I don't know. Side note: outside of Red and Blue and Sun and Moon. I haven't played any of the Pokemon games <laughs> in the interim, like, 26 years. Yeah, that's a gr- that's another great one that also not on my list. Yeah, not on my list either, but I just thought I would... Men- because, you know, I do have... That's two different Pokemon games separated by decades. <laughs> but, um, and I, you know, was very into Red and Blue when they came out and uh, played a fair amount of Sun and Moon now. But, uh, yeah, you know, when people speak highly of any you know black and white or um alpha sapphire omega Omega ruby Ruby. there we go um or even silver and gold which i know just got re-releases on um the 3ds uh i just i've gotten uh i've got i got nothing so we kind of talked we talked about smash brother not smash brothers we talked about punch out a little bit yeah um and that started off as an arcade game 
really all of the Nintendo arcade games are kind of a mystery to me. Like, yeah. Probably like the biggest, most uh, like glaring blind spot for me is the Donkey Kong arcade games. I knew we were going to talk about uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> because, uh, you know, when we were revisiting the NES Classic Edition for an episode we did a little while ago, uh, we played some Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong 3. We did not play Donkey Kong 3. Did we not? Did we? It's, it's not on the uh, NES Classic. Oh. Maybe I just looked it up afterwards or something. Right. But <laughs> Maybe I just described it real well. <laughs> you really you painted a picture. I did. Um, those are games that I just never really played. Mm-hmm. Like that just, comp- I never played them in arcades. I think my friend had like a computer version yeah. of Donkey Kong. Which is not great. But uh, it so yeah, it was just nothing that I ever really experienced. Kind yeah. of the found the foundation of Nintendo. Yeah, I um, there are some of like those very early um Nintendo uh, arcade ports, like um Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, um Pinball, and the original Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, but Mario Brothers. All that are all those like single screen experiences that. Um, either I had as a kid or like we had family friends who had them. Um, like I, I have memories of going over to like a dinner party at like parents, friend's house and just being like put in a room with a kid I barely know. And then like being made to play Mario brothers for like four hours or, you know, however long it took my dad to sober up and drive us home. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, Mario, uh, Mario brothers. Uh, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. For me, um, there's a lot of that track laid in my head. Um, but I could see missing that in in <clears throat> excuse me entirely. Um, do you did you play uh, Donkey Kong '94? No, and that's uh, I didn't I didn't even know it existed until a couple of years ago. Yeah, or I didn't realize what it was. Sure. So Donkey Kong '94, just so we're all on the same page is a Game Boy Color game that uses um, the first four levels of Donkey Kong, or uses the entirety of Donkey Kong for its first four levels, um, and then turns into a sort of uh, puzzle platforming game from there on out, utilizing Mario's like acrobatic abilities uh, to navigate these sort of puzzle levels. And it's supposed to be really good. It's a great game, yeah. But no, never played it, because... The little bit that I had played of Donkey Kong, I'd never enjoyed all that much. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the promise of more Donkey Kong wasn't all that appealing to me. Donkey Kong Jr., I had never played before. Oh, before we played yeah. on the NES? Uh-huh. So when we were playing together, it was like, oh, one, I understand what this game is now. <laughs> and two, I understand where, like, potentially some of the ideas for Donkey Kong Country yeah. originated. Um, yeah, and those games are, the physics in them are sticky, right? Like, Donkey Kong Jr. has, like, a weird arc to his jump. Um, you know, they can't fall very far without dying. It, just like my criticism of, um, Punch-Out!, where you don't really feel like you're in meaningful control of the character, I think that does sort of apply to, um, Mario and Donkey Kong Jr. in those two games. No, and then Donkey Kong Country 3. Just Donkey or Kong. Or Donkey Kong 3. 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starring Stanley the Exterminator. <laughs> still remains a bit of a mystery to me. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that one played uh, or played it myself. That game's bad. Uh, it is really not fun. The uh, The sprite work is nice and, like, the music is good, but, like, yeah, it's I, I don't I don't know that I've ever played more than like one or two levels in it uh before being like, Oh yeah, I don't like this game. <laughs> it is and not good. Are there any other um like ar- arcade uh games that jump out to you like that or just like the, the Donkey Kong games? I feel like those are the biggest like omissions, but in my own like Nintendo uh experience, but I mean even s- something like Balloon Flight. Yeah, sure. I I don't even know that I played again until like the NES Classic Edition came out. Or if I did, it was so little of it that I don't remember at all. Um, Ice Climbers, you know, the same sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Clue Clue Land. Clue, uh, the original Mario Brothers. 
Yeah. Uh, because by the time that we had an NES, Super Mario Brothers 2 had already been released. Mm-hmm. And so going back to a game called Mario Brothers and me as a kid is just like, what is this? Some sort of non-Super Mario? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I think we've talked about this before, too, but that, like, the NES Classic is sort of a story of two systems, right? Like, one early NES and, like, what you can achieve in something like Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong Jr. versus Super Mario Brothers 3 or... uh zelda and zelda 2 and star tropics like these games that are just like worlds beyond uh the single screen experiences that we were getting uh early in the in the generation um do you have any more or was that is is that your list uh i still have one more yeah yeah go go for it i I fired off three at once so oh okay great Um, so my final one is nintendo power the (laughs) the uh i read nintendo power when i was older so Uh this was towards like the end of nintendo power's life but in the heyday of nintendo power when you were getting like guides to final fantasy oh yeah when it was that super mario brothers 3 guide to learn when it was the way to learn about uh new nintendo games and nintendo strategies uh yeah i growing up we we never had a subscription and so that's like a part of the nintendo experience that Mm-hmm. I, I just completely passed me by. Oh man, I ate it. Oh, how could you not? Yeah, because there was a new magazine every month that had like all the information you needed, and like everyone had a poster in it. I had a a, a playhouse in in my backyard that was just like wallpapered with Nintendo Power posters. I loved that magazine. And it was a way to learn about, one of the only ways to learn about, like, new and upcoming Nintendo games. Before the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, and it also had, like, uh, comics in it, too. That there was, um, uh, like, episodic, uh, there was the uh, a Mario World comic that was in there for a little while, and a um, Link to the Past comic that was in there. I also want to say there was a Metroid one, but that may be, like, a half-remembered um fantasy on my part um and then there was the uh the single page um howard and nestor comics uh which i was a big fan of and it's just uh howard and his little brother nestor who like gets nintendo games and you know bugs his older brother about him um yeah i don't know that yeah that was very near and dear to me did where did you ever like encounter the magazine even if like you didn't have the a subscription or anything, yeah, like I don't even remember really ever s- seen one when I was like that age, yeah, um, or like friends having it or anything like that. No, it it, it and if I did, it it's not like enough of a memory for me to like feel like I because I remember going to friends' house and they ha- them having games, and I was like, "Oh, I like wish I had this." Yeah, but I don't ever remember going to a friend's house and being like, "Oh, you have like Nintendo Power," what like just going over to read it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's a cool experience. It's it's neat to just like have a little bit of supplemental like material on on the thing that you love, right? Um, and obviously, we all have that all the time now in the in the form of the internet that there's more information about any pastime or, you know, niche bit of uh, fandom. Um, but before that, you needed to have uh, a subscription to a magazine, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just thinking uh, about the um, Zelda Four Swords Adventures. Uh, and that that's something that I missed out on entirely. And, like, the idea of hooking up your GBA to a GameCube and, like, playing with multiple people together. It seems like that sh- they should put that on Switch, right? Or a, G- or a GBA to each other for the original iteration of Four Swords that yeah. came on uh, Link to the Past on the Game Boy Advance. Weird stuff. The, I mean, the, yeah, there's so much that we didn't even list here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like... The so many Pokemon games, so many RPGs, so many breakfast cereals and cartoons that you know just yeah. never. Um, there's so much Nintendo stuff 
that part of me like wishes I was able to experience it all. Right, but also there's another part of you that values your time. <laughs> all right, Mark, let's move out of this. Those are our blind spots, but you've got blind spots that are nothing like our blind spots. Maybe you're like, why are these guys talking so much about Metroid, right? <laughs> That's who, just, who is she? Yeah. Or he? Who And why can't Metroid crawl? <laughs> Um, also Donkey Kong who to, <laughs> to return to our, the question that we opened the show with. Right. Um, so we would love to hear about your blind spots uh, or educating us on our blind spots. That's right. I still need a hard sell on the Xenoblade Chronicles series. I would love to understand more about F-Zero. Would, yeah, would love to get that. It, also, uh, probably a, a well-deserved dressing down about having never put in the effort to get good at Punch-Out. <laughs> Would love that. Also, if I want to play an Advance Wars game, tell me which one to play. Um, you can uh, email us at uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail or uh, tweet at us um, just at NinCart Society. Um, and if you have any other uh, anything else to say about our previous conversation topics, we're always happy to revisit those. Um, our uh, Frankenstein Together Mario game, which was super fun. It's probably the best Mario game that is never going to be made. Um, but if you have any uh, additions or subtractions to that, we would love to hear it. Um, you can also uh, bring any of that to our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you know all that stuff. Mark and I uh, write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can go to ApeBetty.com to find his music, or you can listen right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers telling you it's okay to have skipped Donkey Kong 3. Thanks for listening. It's a creative podcast network.